Praise the name of the Lord God. Hallelujah, God. Thank you this morning, Jesus, for allowing us to be here one more time, God. Hallelujah to the Lord God. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to all of you this morning. I so am so blessed by your being here today. My goodness, I'm thrilled about what God is doing in this hour. I want to say a, a huge thank you and a praise the Lord to each of you today. Let me just set this. And uh, my goodness, good news today, blessings of God certainly upon all of us. And uh, those of you that are joining us on Facebook, I say a blessing to you. And uh, all those that are in the Zoom room today, my goodness, you're looking at a man that is blessed and highly favored of God. Praise God. Sister Moody, you know I love you. It's great to see you today. Hallelujah. All of you that are tuning in right now, this is awesome. What a great week it has been. Uh, I have certainly enjoyed the opportunity to be with you on Midday Manna. It's a growing population, and uh, I'm thrilled by what God is doing. Vidae, I thought I saw you pop in a little while ago. God bless you, Vidae. I love you. Thank you for being so consistent. And all of you that are on Facebook Live, that's great. That is great. And all of, the, all of you in the Zoom room today, a huge blessings to each of you this morning. Well, again, my name is uh, Pastor Stephen Mack, Senior Pastor of the Pentecostals of Boston. Hallelujah. I am so blessed for the opportunity that God has given me to bless such an incredible group of apostolic Christians. Hallelujah. We thank God for the Acts chapter 2 salvation, which we're going to get to in one of these weeks. Praise God. The book of Acts chapter 2, verse 37, verse 38, verse 39. Uh, praise God. So to all my uh, family and friends of Pentecostals of Boston, we certainly welcome you. And uh, on behalf of my incredible wife, uh, praise God, Sister Charlene Mack. She does a great job. Great, great first lady. Uh, very humble, but yet very, very intelligent and, and accomplished in her uh, secular occupation. I can't speak highly enough about her Praise God. She has literally touched thousands of lives around the world, and uh, it is great to partner with her as we together pastor the greatest church. Hallelujah to the Lord God. Great vision, great dynamics, powerful men and women of God doing a great work in this hour, touching lives of so very many Praise God. I want to say a huge shout out to our elder staff, uh, Elder Ricardo Rayner and his incredible wife, Lorencia Rayner, Elder Maverick Lieberg, and also his equally incredible wife, uh, Janet Lieberg, and Elder Trevor Moody, and his incredible wife, 
uh, Susan Moody. God bless our elders. And God, again, God bless each of you for being with us this morning on Midday Manna. This is a virtual home Bible study. My wife and I have been teaching this Bible study for over 36 years and uh, never gets outdated, never gets old. I enjoy it. Actually, um, I, 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 I teach a little bit <laughs> a smaller Bible study before we go on air when I have the time on Fridays. Um, and then um, many days that once we're in with Midday Manna, I go right into another Bible study with families. If that's something that you'd be interested in doing, let me know. We also teach it at night. Uh, praise God. If you and your family would like to have their own personal uh, home Bible study, let me know. We can certainly make that happen. Praise God. But Monday through Friday, Right here on New England Christian Television Network, we have uh, Midday Manna. From Genesis all the way to Revelation, we break down all the different uh, time period or dispensations. It's an incredible journey, uh, and it's something I always look forward to. I want to say, again, a large, huge shout-out to New England Christian Television Network. Praise the Lord, Sister Moody. Love you. Praise God. Uh, New England Christian Television Network doing an incredible job. Uh, they're programming top-notch. And uh, listen, there's nothing else like New England Christian Television Network anywhere around. Uh, I'm I'm glad that we have them, that we can embrace them up in New England, Boston, <laughs> Brockton, Avon, Randolph, uh, and it just stretches through New England. Certainly, uh, I, I believe we've got programming that originates in Canada, and uh, the programming on that emanates from New England Christian Television Network reaches around the world, around the world. New England Christian Television Network, its reach is around the world. And uh, we've been blessed by it. Uh, Pentecostals of Boston, we've personally made contact uh, with individuals from France and Hong Kong, and uh, you, the list just goes on. Got, uh, got emails from around the world. If you are a pastor or a Christian leader and you want to expand your ministry's reach, I'm going to ask you to consider New England Christian Television Network. Praise God. This has been an awesome, awesome uh, avenue for us at Pentecostals of Boston to continue to get the word out even during this pandemic. Praise God. The world is going around the world. And the Bible says one of the signs of the end time is this message, this gospel message reaching around the world. 
Well, with New England Christian Television Network, praise God, you can make it happen. Praise God, Minister Daniel Grant. It's great to see you. Love you. Love your ministry. Praise God. Love your commitment to the things of God. Hallelujah. It's great to have you tuning in today. I know you're very busy. You've got a lot going on. So for you to drop into Midday Manor certainly is an honor and a blessing to me. Praise God. Again, I want to say a huge thank you to New England Christian Television Network. Uh, Eddie Jules and the entire staff there, praise God. You can't ask for more dedicated, committed to individuals sending this gospel around the world. On behalf of Pentecostals of Boston, I want to say thank you as well. Listen, two options you have. Those of you that are coming through this uh, pandemic and you're looking, where do I turn? What do I do next? Praise God. I want to introduce to you the the ministry, the God-ordained ministry of Pentecostals of Boston. Let me take a moment and encourage you and invite you, praise God, to our Boston campus every Sunday morning at 11 a.m., Praise God, you have the unique uh, opportunity to visit a Pentecostal church, Pentecostalism. Let me just take a back, uh, just take a step back. Pentecostalism, Pentecostalism. What is that? Pentecostal, Pentecostals of Boston, what is that? Praise God. Let me tell you something. Pentecostalism is is the fastest growing religious faith in the history of mankind. That Let that first wave pass over you. Pentecostalism is the fastest growing church in the history of the world. Fastest growing faith in the history of of the world. It's no small thing. You may be this or you may be that. I'm asking today, have you considered attending a Pentecostal church? Praise God. Pentecostalism started on the day of Pentecost. If you have your Bibles, Acts chapter 2, Hallelujah speaks to us about the birth of the church. And Pentecostals of Boston is a segment of that growth. Hallelujah. We don't adhere so much to the uh to the early church fathers as we do to that first century church. If it's in the word of God, it's in our hearts. Brother Mark Copeland, God bless you, sir. Love your faithfulness, Mark. Would love to speak with you one day. Appreciate you tuning in to Midday Manor every day. But Pentecostalism, you need to consider attending a Pentecostal church. You have, if you're in the city of Boston, you have, I believe, the greatest Pentecostal church around. Praise God, Pentecostals of Boston. 
every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. at 1205 Hyde Park Ave. You can be with us in person. It is amazing what God is doing in the realm of the Spirit every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Please join us. We have spent thousands of dollars during the course of this pandemic. We have never shut down. I'm not saying that in judgment to anybody else. But I'm saying what God gave me. And you know what? A year later, I'm still blessed and highly favored. And I thank God for what we've experienced in person uh, during COVID. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. We have just come off. I'm anticipating somebody getting baptized this weekend. We have bat in the last three weekends during our Daniel fast, we've baptized individuals the last three weekend. No small thing. My God is large and in charge. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you need to worship and thank him right now for, oh, hallelujah, for what God is doing. Again, we've never shut down. We went in the opposite direction. We have spent thousands upon thousands of dollars by faith. We didn't know how the income was going to come. We didn't know at the start of this. And it was so easy. And again, I'm not standing here in judgment. I'm saying this is what God gave me. Hallelujah, as pastor. And uh, we've stayed open. We've invested thousands of dollars to have cleaning crews come in and clean and sanitize the church regularly. After each service, the members, those Committed members stick around, and after every service, the, the building is sanitized and clean. It's been a remarkable effort by so many, but you know what? We could have saved thousands, literally. We could have saved thousands of dollars in a, in a move of fear. Pastor, we don't know what money's going to come in. Pastor, uh, where's the income going to come from? But you know, sometimes you just got to leave the negative questions behind and launch out in fear, uh, launch out in faith and not fear. We have spent thousands of dollars maintaining, cleaning, sanitizing our building. We brought in at the very beginning of covid we brought in thousands, thousands of dollars worth of uh, air cleaning uh, uh, machines to keep, the, to keep the environment or the air pure. So we've cleaned the building, sanitized the building, brought in machines to keep the air quality clean. We do social distance. We do wear masks. But you know what? It's been a, for Pentecostals of Boston, it's been an effort of faith. And uh, tell me, I, I see the checks. We could have saved a lot of money. But you know what? We decided to move ahead and be obedient to what God said. And you know what? God is prospering the church. I can't go into a, I can't go into a lot of details, but let me just say this. No, I won't even say it. God 
is never indebted to man. Hallelujah. And we've witnessed as a result of us desiring to stay uh, relevant, we've worked diligently and God has provided every need. Hallelujah. Thousands of dollars on cleaning, <laughs> maintaining the building, and thousands of dollars in the air quality. And as a result, our services are just powerful and dynamic. And you can be a part of that. Oh, bring your mask, certainly. Social distance, certainly. But Sunday morning at 11 a.m., in person, incredible, incredible word during this uh, year of pandemic. Great word for the church on Sunday morning. Great, <laughs> great word. <clears throat> Sorry, I've been doing a lot of teaching, and many of you that have followed realize that. Um, I'm an old Yankee, and sometimes the old voice, uh, those vocal cords get a little bit rusty. And uh, so just pray for me. But again, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m., a great worship experience at 1205 Hyde Park Ave. <clears throat> now this service, <coughs> excuse me, this service is also uh, streamed online right now, right now um, at the 1130 hour. We've got a crew at the church. I'm in my home office right now in Boston, at the Boston campus. We've got a crew of electricians wiring up the place so that we can improve the online experience. Not cheap. Oh, we could have saved the money and just waited till things reopen. But at POB, that's not the way we do things. We tend to be overly aggressive instead of passive. And so, again, right now, is it cheap? No, I've got, I've got electro, elect, uh, electricians rewiring things just so we can continue to improve our online presence. And I'm getting goosebumps about it now. I really am. This is what drives me. Stay ahead. Stay ahead. Be accomplished. Do things. Don't sit back and wait. Make things happen. And so that's exactly what we've got going on. Right now, a crew rewiring the front of our building so that we can improve our online experience so that you'll have more and more options. So that's the Boston campus. Praise God. Hallelujah. You have an in-person experience. You have an online experience. And uh, praise God. 1205. Hyde Park Ave every Sunday morning. If you're looking for a church home, come out and be with us. And uh, boy, what God is doing is amazing. I've got people online. If they tell you about what happened last Sunday or the Sunday, um, every Sunday, God is doing the work. Second Campus, 805 North Main Street in Brockton. 805 North Main Street in Brockton. God is doing amazing things there as well. Hallelujah. 11 o'clock, 805 North Main Street. You can be with us 
experience the Pentecostals of Boston ministry, 11 a.m., 805 North Main Street. You should be there. That service is also streamed live. Now, again, we could be real conservative, cut back on our resources, and stream a service at 11 o'clock. But you know what? I believe each of those campuses deserve their own online experience. So in a nutshell, at 11 a.m. on Sunday, Pentecostals of Boston is giving you four worship options. Hallelujah. Take advantage of it. You will certainly be blessed. Hallelujah to the Lord God. We are thrilled. Let me just run some numbers here. Hallelujah. By the way, those of you that are uh, on Facebook Live, please, please, please send out a share or write somebody's name in. Only you can do it. I can do mine. You got to do yours. Please share, 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 share. Hallelujah. This ministry is a blessing to you, and I believe it is. Please share it so somebody else can experience the power of Pentecost. Praise God. Um, so four options at 11 o'clock every Sunday morning. Praise the name of the Lord. Also in collaboration with New England Christian Television Network, if you haven't experienced the power, hallelujah, the principles and the promises of God, hallelujah, the principles and the promises of God, oh, no words, no words, uh, I ask that you join us Monday through Friday at, a, at 8 a.m. every morning, right here, wherever you're viewing this, you can view the principles and the promises of God from New England Christian Television Network, a ministry in itself, reaching around the globe, giving God praise, honoring His Word, obeying His Spirit. My goodness, if you are a Christian and you want to have your faith go, oh, hallelujah, and the Lord, you need to become a devotioner, a, a, a part of the principles and the promises of God, a daily devotional. Praise God. If I can be of any assistance, pobpastor at gmail.com, pobpastor at gmail.com. I'm so proud of P.O.B. It's even in my uh, uh, email. Praise God. pobpastor at gmail.com. Praise the name of the Lord. So, as we have focused this week, what a ride we have been on this week in dealing with the children of Israel coming out of Egyptian bondage. My, 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 all that we have covered this week. We look at the Exodus. We spent most of last week dealing with the Exodus, uh, the, the events leading up to the nation of Israel coming out of Egyptian bondage. And then Monday of this week, we begin to look at they, as they formed themselves 
as they grouped themselves together, coming out of Egyptian bondage. The struggles, the coordination, the logistics of getting five million Hebrews out of Egyptian bondage. Recognize, as we mentioned this week, there was no path laid for them. Five million, there wasn't a road that could accommodate them. They had to go through the thick of the wilderness. It was not an easy task. We understand the Bible tells us that there was a mixed multitude that left Egypt with them. It wasn't just the Hebrews. There was a mixed multitude. Some that married Egyptians. Some that married other nations, nationalities. And the Bible specifically lets us know that as they were forming at Sukkoth, and Sukkoth is, is up north here, as they were forming, they, they left. Five million of them, and then a mixed multitude. They left Egypt together. We understand, as we talked about our, in our Bible study earlier this week, that Pharaoh had one of those moments, and he said, why did we let him go? His counselors said, why did we let him go? And the Israelites had marched out. They had gathered in Sukkoth. And they, as they were marching out, Pharaoh sort of said to himself, let's go get them. And he had 600 chariots. Pursue 600 chariots. Pursue after the newly released Hebrews. And it was members, it was folks in that mixed multitude when they came to the Red Sea and they, they, they thought they couldn't cross over the Red Sea. They had mountain ranges on either side and they had the Egyptians behind them. They begin to cry out to Moses. Moses, listen, did you bring us out here to die? So just a few days out of Egyptian bondage, they begin to complain and murmur. My God, and that's how we are sometimes. God delivers us from a particular uh, trying situation, and we whistle a happy tune, and then all of a sudden we're, we're ready to complain about the next thing. Hallelujah. But Moses talked to the Lord on their behalf. And God said to Moses, lift up that staff. Go up to that mountain, lift that staff. And the Red Sea split and the Israelites walked through on a dusty, or walked through or over a dusty riverbed of the Red Sea. And somehow, Pharaoh, seeing this miracle going on in front of him, convinced himself that he ought to continue to pursue the Hebrews. My God, that just tells us 
and it shows us an example. Sometimes sin can be so engraved in our thought process. Sometimes the sin, we can get so caught up in sin that we, we're, we're, not, we're not fully utilizing our ability to think through some things. Sometimes sin can get us so, so attached to our hearts our minds don't work. Let me say that again. Sometimes sin can be so attached to our hearts that our minds cease to work. Our brains cease to work. Hallelujah. You know when Lot and his wife, when they were escaping, God said, once you're on the mountain and you're fleeing, don't look back. It's the looking back that can be a stumbling block for us. God said, don't look back. And what did Lot's wife do? Because her heart was there. She ignored the whole oh, hallelujah. Somebody's got to hear this today. Don't look. Oh, you can if you want. I don't have any right to tell you what to do. But I want to encourage each of you today. Don't look back. Because of the passion. She had, she was on the road to freedom, but she decided that she's going to take one more look. And instantly, she turned into a pillar of salt. You know what's even clearer than that? The angels came to Lot and his family the night before, and the angel said to Lot, tomorrow... God's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. I, we need you guys to leave. We need you guys to come with us. We need Lot. We need your family to come with us, Lot. God's going to destroy this place tomorrow. Sometimes our hearts can be so full of sin, our minds don't work properly. You know what Lot said? Lot said this, give me the night to think it through. Well, what's there to think through, Lot? Tomorrow, this place is going to be uh, destroyed. What do you have to think about? And it's like you and I today. It's just like us. Sometimes God is calling us out of our sin. You remember how long it took for you? I know how long it took for me. God is calling us out of our sin. He's knocking on the doors of our hearts. Come on, leave this place. Okay, God, uh, just give me some time to think. What is there to think through? Amen. Sometimes our hearts can be so full of sins our brains cease to work. 
What is there to think through? Bless the Lord. Lot woke up the next day. The angel said, hey, listen, Lot, it's time to go. And Lot, man of God, knew the word of God. Lot came to the conclusion after sleeping on it over the night. Hey, listen, angels, first of all, he's talking to angels. Second of all, the angels said that God's going to destroy this place. What was there to think over? Bible said that the angels dragged Lot by his hand, dragged him out of the influence, dragged him out of the city. And then once he was set free from the city, then his thinking returned. Then he says, you know what? It makes no sense for me to go back into Sodom and Gomorrah. But for the mercies of God, we would all die in our sins. God broke, severed the effect of sin in Lot's mind. Severed it. And then it's like he came out of the trance. And then it was he who led his family to flee. But his wife took one look back. Hallelujah. The Bible says to us, Jesus said, no man putting his hands on the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. That is applicable to you and I today. I know there's a lot of temptations. God has begun a new work in us. God is in the process of setting us free. But now that you and I, the stranglehold that sin had on our heart, once that's been broken, when we apply the blood of Jesus, once that chain has been broken, the Bible likens it to a dog returning to its very own vomit. Come on now. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. The children of Israel were set free from God. The Bible asks a rhetorical question. The Bible asks what or who can separate us from the love of God? And it, a rhetorical question answers itself. Simply stated, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Somebody needs to praise God today. The question answers, who can separate us? What can separate us from the love of God? Nothing. The only thing that really can separate us from the love of God is us, ourselves. Wanting to return, being like Lot's wife, putting our hands on the plow and looking back. 
Child of God, we've come through this week. God hopefully has blessed you during the course of this Bible study. But praise God, don't let anything separate you from the love of God. The only thing, the only person that can separate you from God is you. And I encourage you, don't do it. Children of Israel were set free. But because they, were, they had slave mentalities, once the going got difficult, they wanted to go back into their comfort zone. The worst place you can live, the worst place you can dwell is in your own comfort. Put that one on Facebook if you like. The worst neighborhood you can move into is your own comfort. Hallelujah. God never called us to be comfortable. Hallelujah. We need to get to the point in time. I think it's the Navy SEALs. If you've ever ever studied the Navy SEALs, and I think this originates with them. And part of their motto as a Navy SEAL, again, I believe it's the Navy SEALs, part of their motto or, 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 or thought process is getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. And never in the history of the church has that been more real than right now today. Many in the church, well, in America, the church around the world is thriving because the church around the world has made up its mind, this is not home. I cannot get comfortable here. While the church in America, we talk a good game. We ultimately look for comfort and, and not deliverance. Church in America, I want to encourage all of us Stretch yourself. Get comfortable. If the Navy SEALs can do it in protecting a country, how about you and I do it in order to advance a kingdom? The Navy SEALs can get comfortable in their uncomfort and they're protecting a nation. How about you and I as Holy Ghost filled baptized in Jesus' name, born-again believers. How about you and I get uncomfortable in advancing the kingdom? Hallelujah. We're going to have all eternity. Oh, I feel like shouting today. We're going to have all eternity to be with our Heavenly Father in a place called heaven. Sister Moody, great point. We are too near to our home to look back now. And she's a warrior for the Lord. She is a warrior for the Lord. Praise God. You and I, can we get uncomfortable in this hour? That's what the children of Israel, as we talked about this week, as, as we come to the end of this week. What a great week it has been. What, what subjects we cover the children of Israel walked through on dry ground. Three days later, they were complaining that they didn't have enough to eat. 
and they stopped um, uh, at Mara, and they, they complained about the bitter waters, and we talked about that on Monday of this week. And Moses cut down a tree, and threw that cut down tree into the waters, and the waters became sweet in Marah. What's that symbolic of? We talked about it. Praise God. That old rugged cross, that old rugged tree, Jesus at 33 years of age, cut down as a young man. Hallelujah. And just as that tree represented a transformation from bitterness to sweetness, that's the effect of Jesus Christ on our lives. Because of the tree at Calvary, praise God, you and I can transform our bitter, miserable life. John chapter 10, Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. That's the difference Jesus can make in our life. Somebody needs to praise God today. They went a little bit further and God provided for them a quail and manna, again, just complaining about what they didn't have. Glory. Glory. Then the Bible lets us know we talked about, as the children of Israel made it through uh, the wilderness, they, they, they got to the point in time where they uh, were, uh, again, the quail and the manna, and God continued to supply their need on their way to Sinai. We talked about this the last few days. Five million Jews, I don't know if my cursor is appearing on your screen, but they get to the base of Mount Sinai, and at Mount Sinai, God gives them the Ten Commandments. We spent a day talking about the Ten Commandments, Praise the name of the Lord God. And uh, all that God did, he gave them the, the law. And he also, not only did he give them the written law, the Ten Commandments, but he changed their way of worship. Hallelujah. He forever revolutionized their approach to God. And we focused our attention. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, Sister Moody says. Praise God. Hallelujah. God gave them the Ten Commandments, and uh, he also gave them a structure on how they were supposed to worship the Lord God. And then we traveled just a little bit further. We touched on it briefly just in passing. We'll spend some more time with this, perhaps on Monday. But praise God. We talked about the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt have no other God be God's before us. Praise God. Be careful what you idolize. Be careful what you place above God. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images. These pictures, these paintings of Jesus Christ, they specifically condemned. It's a small thing, but in the eyes of God, it's huge. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Why? Well, we see it all the times. We get a picture of, and again, please, I'm just trying to help you. One of the Ten Commandments is, 
Don't paint any pictures of Jesus. Don't make any graven images. Why? Because we take our eyes. If I've got a picture of Jesus in my home, and you see it in homes all the time. Pictures and statues. They, they become the idols that we, were, that we bow down to and worship. Amen. I can't afford. To, oh, oh, pastor, it's just a picture of Jesus. No, it's a graven image of Jesus. Some of you guys, you're going to do whatever you want to do. I'm just your pastor. I'm just trying to help you. Uh, Pastor, I'm just trying to help you. Don't have any graven image. Thou shalt not take the name of, you know, you've heard individuals. Take on the name, use the the name of Jesus, J-E-S-U-S. Only two ways to use his name. When you're worshiping or when you're teaching, like I'm right now teaching, preaching, witnessing. It's the only time you use Jesus' name. Okay? Um, you don't make jokes with Jesus' name. No, you just don't. Do what you want. I can't tell you what to do. I don't joke about Jesus. I don't use his name in a joke. When I hit my hand, I, 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 I accidentally hit my thumb with a hammer. I don't curse out the name of Jesus. I hope that makes sense. If you if you need some understanding, let me know. You use his name when you're worshiping or you're teaching or preaching or elevating. You never use the name. Why, pastor? That's silly. No, it's not silly because 3 says, "Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God." The Bible says, "If you use his name lightly, it opens you up to curse and damnation. So why do it? Remember the Sabbath day in the Old Testament to keep it holy. Thy fa- uh, honor thy father and thy mother that them. Uh, my parents were imperfect. I don't worship them. But the Bible says, honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the earth. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let me just continue here. Thou shalt not kill. That's obvious. That's obvious. Don't kill. Don't take anybody's life. But the Bible describes slandering our brother as though we are killing them. God help us if we gossip about one another and slander one another. Because the Bible says, thou shalt not kill. If I kill my brother or my sister's reputation, think about it. Don't talk evil of anybody. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Oh, yeah, okay. Don't commit, don't commit adultery. But pastor, everybody's doing it. You ain't everybody. 
Jesus said in the New Testament, and I love what he does. He creates a finer point for us. Jesus said, well, yeah, you're not supposed to commit adultery. It's okay. But Jesus said, looking on a woman and lusting after her is equal to the physical act of adultery. My God, Jesus, Jesus makes it a little bit finer. Oh, the Old Testament, thou shalt not commit adultery. Okay, I got it. Jesus said, if you look on a woman, adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Yeah? That's when you go into your neighbor's house and see that $5 bill on the coffee table, keep your hands off of it. Also, praise God. Don't steal somebody else's blessing. Don't take what belongs to somebody else. Be careful. Praise God. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. That simply means, Jack, don't lie. Don't lie on people. Thou shalt not covet. That means become greedy over what somebody else has. Praise the name of the Lord God. I'm curious. Any other any other comments? Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Crossing the Red Sea, wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, watching all that God had done and provided for the nation of Israel. The Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20. Didn't we cover a lot this week? We sure enough did. Praise God. The Ten Commandments. We begin, and we'll probably pick up on this on Thursday, the way of worship in the Old Testament and how that links Hebrews chapter 8. I mentioned this this week. Hebrews chapter 8, verse number 5. Everything Moses did was for our example. It's a shadow. When Moses was doing what he was doing, it's a shadow of what was to come. And we'll pick up on this more next week. Bless the name of the Lord God. Hallelujah. Praise God. God has a prepared people for a prepared place. He wants us to be holy. Teach our children holiness. Tabernacle, the place that we worship. God teaches us, and we've talked about this. Priests offer sacrifices and interpret the law. Exodus chapter 28. We've talked about so much this week. Sacrificial offerings. All of these are symbolic of what you and I are to do today. Oh, we do it differently. But all of these things point to our salvation our relationship with God. Can I tell you again, God wants a holy people. Oh, we want to fit in. We want to fit in. We want to dress like everyone else. We, we, we want to be able to talk like everybody else. But God, God doesn't save us to fit in. 
God saved us so that we could stand out. He doesn't want the church looking like the world. The, the church, many, many folks in the church, they, they do everything that the world does because they want to fit in. God never called us to fit in. God has called us to stand out. I should be able to walk down the street and see uh, a child of God and somebody who ain't a child of God. Oh, pastor, that's judgmental. No, that's God-ordained. How can the world look to the church when the church is looking like the world? Boy, that was good. How can the world look to the church when the church is looking like the world? He's called us to stand out. Pastor, I want to fit in. No, he's not called us to fit in. He's... You know what I, I, I often hear? God never called us to be sexy. We, we want to be sexy. God ain't called us to be sexy. God called us to be holy. Enjoy your salvation. The Sabbath day, a Jewish day of rest and joy. Special feast days we began talking about yesterday. Moral laws, dietary laws, and customs and ceremonies. I'm done today. Praise God. All of you, I, I appreciate it. It's been a great week. We've covered so very much this week on Midday Manna. I want to say thank you to each of you that have been part both on Facebook Live, and in the Zoom room and the other platforms. Praise the name of the Lord. Sister Moody, amen. Thank you, Pastor, for such great teaching. We are, we are, Sister Moody, yes. We are the light of the world. You see the, you see the, it says a holy people separated unto God. You are right, Sister Moody. We are a holy light unto the world. God bless you. My Lord, I've enjoyed it thoroughly this week. Can't wait to get back in the saddle on Monday. Listen, we're going to talk about some great things on Monday. We're going to focus our attention on them finally entering into the land of promise. You're going to want to be here next Monday. Praise God. You're going to be part, you want you want to join in to what we're going to do starting on Monday morning. God bless you. Each of you have a fantastic week. We'll see you Monday talking about the land of promise, entering into the land of promise. It's going to be a fabulous week next week. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Stay warm. Stay blessed. Stay safe. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.